Welcome back, people. Real Tech Talk with Eric Brody. You know that this episode is different from all other episodes. Why? Lucky number 18. You people have been with me for 18 episodes. And by the way, we're just getting started. This bad boy's barely six months old. We're on episode 18. 18's a lucky number. 18 is not my birthday. And yet, it's 18. Now, what we're going to do on this episode, different from all the other ones, actually, no, we did it once. I'm just going to rant to you. I'm going to be me and you. We're going to talk about 2022. We're going to talk about 2023. We're going to talk about trends in real estate and technology and brand new. I got a C-O-N-spiracy. I got a conspiracy for you, for those that don't know how to spell, but obviously I don't. That's how I spell it out for you. So we got conspiracy theories. We got real estate. We got technology. All the things you've come to love about real tech talk. So come on in. Sit down. Take a load off. We got you for a half an hour. Pay attention, people. That's why we're here, bro. This is real tech talk. Boom chocolate. So who the hell are you, bro? You know, what are you into? What do you do? Dude, you can keep it real here. Tell me. Tell me about these real estate. Eric Brody is the managing principal of CEMVC LLC. All opinions expressed by Eric and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of CEMVC LLC. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of CEMVC LLC may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome back to Real Tech Talk, people. You know, we've been finding out this data analytics all about this show. We found out that 75% of the people listening are 18 to 34. Where are my old heads at? You guys got to get on it. But what we thought is we might as well bring in a young Gen Z. So you can't see off camera, but my newest employee is my boy Bogdan. Homeboy was born in 2000. I wanted to bring him here while I did my second solo. And the reason being is if they're the ones that are interested, I got to make sure that I'm entertaining this young man while I'm on the uh, mic. So you can't see him, but you all got to say what's up to my boy Bogdan. So today, we were thinking we had done one episode already where it was just me solo. How are we going to wrap up 2022, talk about some of the trends in 2023? So here's what I want to do, and this is how I wanted to scale it today. This is how I wanted to lay it down for you. We're going to first talk about some of those macro trends that I'm seeing out there. We're going to talk about a conspiracy theory that I found, C-O-N-spiracy, that I want to tell you about technology and real estate out there. Then let's talk about some of the technology trends I see. And then you know what? We'll follow it up with that classic real estate. All right, so stay tuned. Sit down. Here comes the intro music. Do you hear it? Boom! Real Tech Talk. I think this is episode number 13. Lucky number 13. We blowing up. Oh, something else. We got sponsors calling in left and right. I got my boy Mike, one of our producers, and Max Fielding calls left and right. But we found something out. We got like thousands of people listening each time. But you guys got to like and follow. Like, what is the big deal? Hit the like button. Hit the follow button. I see you creeping everywhere. All my stuff is public. I see you guys creeping. Just hit the follow button. Don't worry. I'll get into your inbox that way. Make it easier for me to get out there, all right? So get on it, people. All right, so let's get started. What is going on in the universe? I can't... 
stand reading the headlines today. I saw this headline today on, um, you know what? I'm not going to give anybody props, but one of these real estate magazines, the headline today, you're going to lose money in 2023, but don't worry, 2024 and beyond is going to be great. It's like, wow. So you're already telling us it's January that we're losing money in 2023. How is that humanly possible? Well, let's read the market. Today, yesterday, this week, because we don't know what time we're actually posting this bad boy, Compass lays off people for the third time. Chopping that overhead. Choppity chop. Why? What's going on? Less transactions out there. Why are there less transactions? Interest rates went up. Your dollar doesn't go as far. Less people are hitting the brakes right now. Here's what I'm seeing. Sellers, right? All my sellers out there, we're slow. We slow. We don't react quickly to the marketplace. Imagine you put your listing on the market. We're talking about real estate, commercial, resi, retail, office, hotel. You see the market out there and you go, you know what? I think this thing is valued at 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, $100 million. Interest rates go up. You don't think it impacts price. You want to see what the market's going to react to. You are slow. Then you got that buy side. That buy side's dexterity. Quick, they read the headline, drop the price, right? So there's a big gap between the buyers and sellers, and interest rates went through the roof. So there's a disconnect in the marketplace. Transactions are down. Who gets affected by those transactions? Everyone on that transaction, real estate brokers, title insurance, mortgage brokers. Mortgage brokers for the last 20 years been chilling. Deals every month. Now, what are they going to do? You think that it's like if the marketplace goes down 1, 2, 5%, you impact everyone. Everyone is impacted just by a marginal change. So we got the interest rates. Next, Amazon dropping people. My boy Jeff dropping people? What could possibly be the issue? Is that consumer goods are down now? Is that that he hired too many people and now he's worried about overhead? I think it is that we're buying less goods. Everyone's reading the paper and getting concerned and trying to conserve cash. What are you going to do over the next year, especially if the headlines, you are going to lose money in 2023? I mean, it's right in front of all of us, all of these changes that are occurring. What else did I read? Another tech company dropping people like crazy. Salesforce, a CRM-based software, right? Solution for your company. Again, less companies making money, less companies spending on the things in order to acquire new employees, I mean, not to acquire new customers. They're dropping people headline after headline, right? What about in the real estate? I don't, I'll get into it later, but everything that you did over the last few years if interest rates go up, demand goes down, you weren't right. Real estate is moving slow. You can't be quick. You can't make decisions that way. We always talk about real estate's problems, illiquidity, right? So now real estate, you make a bet on something. You're waiting to harvest those gains three, five, seven years later. All of a sudden, you need to refinance today. Whatever your underwriting was over the last 10 years of interest rates being down was wrong. If interest rates went up the cost of the dollars more, you can't increase rents to go up to cover that change. So now all the real estate companies that now have debt out that need to refinance are having to come in with money, are having to give up their asset. We're seeing it left and right. Now, I read this great article today that's saying basically like, you know what, though, they can wait, pretend and extend. Well, 
I think that a lot of people were pretending extending through coronavirus. And now that the Rona is actually done, what are they now going to do, right? Corona's done. Now it didn't recover. And now you need to refinance. I think banks are going to get a lot more aggressive out there. But we're going to get into that later, right? So interest rates have stymied growth, contracting the marketplace. We need to in, we need to decrease inflation, right? That is just killing the marketplace for real estate, right? How about this one? This one, I think, is now like we can't put this under the rug anymore. We need to pay attention and then figure out what its impact is. I think the mayor and the governor of New York State actually came out with a document talking about hybrid office, right? What does hybrid office now mean to major metropolitan areas, right? How does that impact it? We're going to get into it later. But I got a thesis on that bad boy. It's not looking good for everyone, but I also see some pockets that it is. So we'll go over what I think that that office changes. But I guarantee you, hybrid work is here to stay. It's a rapsky pot pie. We are not going back to the office every day. It's just not happening. Even if the market slows down, and the employers are take back some of their power that they say to their employees, time to come in again. I still think hybrid is here to stay. And even if hybrid is one day a week, I want to talk about that impact on urbanization and urban areas as well as suburban markets. All right. So what else is popping? Um, I think that's enough. That was a bunch of problems, right? That's that macro stuff. Keep reading those headlines. I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting a bit nervous about what you're going to do. And I want to use some of this podcast time to talk about afterwards with some of those opportunities because it's not all gloom and doom. I forget who it was, but I always quote my homeboy who said, if the market is up or the market is down, you still got to figure out how to get paid. And this podcast is going to talk a little bit how we're going to get paid in technology and real estate. All right? All right. So we were talking about all of the distressed assets out there. We're talking about the hybrid office workspace. We're talking about interest rates rising. We're talking about prop tech laying off people. Also, I thought this was interesting. Facebook, Meta, takes an analysis of their entire uh, uh, office footprint. Says we got X number of employees and X number of square feet. It would pay to get rid of and pay a penalty to the landlords to give up leases. So everyone is now contracting that office space. They're saying, no, it is changing. We are going to reduce the footprint. Compass has this beautiful office down on Fifth Avenue and like 15th Street. Really nice office space. Put big money in it. Snack rooms and all these snacks. Why do I keep talking about the snacks? I guess I'm hungry. You know what I'm saying? You got to eat. All these snacks. Getting rid of it. Getting rid of that space. How does that make you feel comfortable when you're in a company that's now downsizing like crazy? You're reading the front page of the paper. Can't make you feel comfortable. And also your broker and transactions are down. I mean, it's going to be a wild, wild scene coming up. All right. So those are some of the things that we're going to get into today on this podcast. But before that happens, I want to talk about my latest conspiracy theory. I've decided that, you know what? Everyone likes to talk about conspiracy theories. I'm certainly not that dude on InfoWars, but I got a new conspiracy theory in technology. You know, we got in this game because we were looking back at an asset and we were saying, you know what? I want to do an after action report on how technology could have assisted making this asset more, uh, more successful. We dove in deep blind, thinking about technology, thinking about, you know what, maybe technology in my space, which is annex real estate properties, can give me the edge over the rest of the market. But now I'm starting to see something out there that I want to tell you guys. So real estate has a dirty, dirty secret. 
And that secret is, we're dinosaurs. We've been making money the same way, not for a year, not for a decade, for hundreds of years. Do you think that the game of real estate has really changed in how you get wealthy? It hasn't. Now, I'm not going to name any names, but I want to start off because I heard this from two of the most massive companies out there in prop tech today. So if you're in technology and you're a technologist, pay attention to the words I'm going to say. First, sit down with this big ivory tower monster real estate company on the side does a little tech. He's telling me about, let me show you a slide, Eric. I'm like, cool. Shows me a slide. Talks about real estate. Says real estate has an 18-year cycle. Goes up, goes down. We're at 20 years, hence the market coming down. I'm like, all right, cool. What are you trying to say? He goes, do you know why we're so successful? I'm like, I don't know. You know, maybe you're innovative. He goes, because we're risk averse. We avoid any risk out there. I'm like, but you have a venture fund. He goes, well, let me show you slide number two. I'm like, what? He's like, we do have a venture fund. And we've looked at 44 companies that we've invested in. I'm like, cool. He goes, how many do you think we've actually used on the real estate side? I'm like, I don't know. You invested in 44 companies. I'm assuming you used, I don't know, half? He goes, two. I'm like, what? I'm like, how do you do two? Why are you even investing in them? He goes, we used two. We used access control and a tenant experience. I'm like, what about all these other fresh companies? He's like, we don't have an interest in using them. We're incubating them to see if they'll be relevant. I'm like, that's interesting. You're putting all this capital into understanding, but not implementing it? I was confused. So then I speak to this other massive fund, right? He's going, you know, real estate's a dinosaur. They don't want to change. I'm like, but you're a big fund. You're raising billions of dollars. Actually, not a billion, a little bit less. I'm like, he's one of like the stalwarts in the business. He's like, we went to the LPs in the business. We went up to the biggest LPs. Let's say it's called like a Haley's Comet. It's got a head and then a long tail. All the big companies are in the head. All those monster real estate conglomerates that you hear about in the paper in the head. You and I never hear about what we like to call the long tail. Now, the long tail is big, big, big money. It's just not that billions and billions, but it's hundreds of millions. It's hundreds of thousands. It's everybody else. So he's talking about the big companies. He goes, we went up to our LPs, limited partners, and we raised money. And we went to those companies and said, look, you're not going to be paying attention to the way that technology is changing. Allow us to do it for you. And they said, cool. And they invested in it. I said, that's amazing. I'd love to get in the room to meet some of those LPs. He goes, never. I'm like, what do you mean never? I'm like, what about if they find a company that you use? He goes, cool, but you ain't a part of our club. You're not an LP. You're not investing millions of dollars to learn about these advantages. I'm like, I got this guy telling me about he's really not implementing. I got this other guy telling me about he's only going to the biggest companies. I'm like, something doesn't make sense. Now there's a third case study. I meet a technologist. He already sold, so he's not on this show. And I say, what did you do? He goes, you know, we went out there and we created this technology that's giving indicators on whether something should be bought or not. And I dive into deep into what the algorithm was that was telling him information as to about what he should buy or what he shouldn't. I said, what happened to it? He goes, well, one of the big companies, the head of that comet, bought us and shelved us and uses it only internally. And I was like, what's going on here? We're not learning 
about the masses and the long tail and the mid-market guys. We're not learning about the way that technology is changing the game. It almost seems that there's a conspiracy for us not to know that technology. Which is interesting because I didn't start this podcast to be telling you all about how that technology is changing. I was doing it because I was like, nobody's paying attention to us on the street and how we understand technology and real estate. Who's speaking to us? And I started this. It turns out I was actually tapping into something that I truly to be there. And that is, once again, the big companies are all working on those technologies and the rest of us out there are actually not getting access to it. So it made me really comfortable and, and happy that we even have this podcast that we could get out and tell you about it. So that's my latest you know, conspiracy theory that I have, right? So they're trying to buy up all the tech that's out there, use it to their advantage and keep us down. But E-Breezy's out there for you. Don't worry, I'll get you on the tech. We will get this advantage, and that's what we'll come in and take them out. Never sleep on the mid-market or on the small market. I got you, all right? I'll be the champion. All right. So, by the way, what I just said, by the way, when you look at they do some public records, my homeboy Bogdan, my, my Gen Zer, he was sending me a bunch of links. What I just said is stated in not so many words. I'm just distilling it for you. They're like, our biggest LPs, we look to create solutions for them. And you're like, what about everybody else? You know, we keep hearing about technology from these large companies because they get the media attention, they get the PR. But you think that it's accessible to you? They're not giving it to you. They're not passing it around. When you speak to VCs, they say, we go to our LPs with millions of square feet. I'm like, well, I ain't got a million square feet. I don't have millions of square feet. What about us? And that's what we're here for. Reminds me of Wolf of Wall Street. Something, something. What about us? So I got you again, like I said. So that is my conspiracy theory, my tech conspiracy theory. C-O-N-spiracy. Pay attention. All right, let's move on. Let's get into our tech trends for 2022 and 2023. How exciting. So first and foremost, I'm seeing a lot more confidence into the prop tech and construction tech game. Do you? Are people starting to use it a little bit more? I think it's because they're getting a little bit more desperate and they're willing to take that risk. I read this article about Airbnb. People were like, why do you think Airbnb all of a sudden hit it big? It was at a time where people were chasing yield that all of a sudden they were willing to take a risk on Airbnb. So a lot of it has to do with timing. And now that we're all chasing yield, that we're realizing the transactions are down, now's the time to start to pay attention to some of these technologies. So I definitely think that in 2023, People are going to have more time now that the transactions are down, real estate's getting rocked to start to look at it. So it's those technologies that are really a solution that I think are really going to be in the game. But they got a big problem. I keep seeing it. There's this big problem. Real estate is talking about return on investment. Show me the money. Cause and effect. Technology is talking about, oh, we see you have a problem. Allow us to solve it. They're not talking the same language. I keep talking about it all the time. Real estate has zero patience for someone to come in and say, I understand your problem. Give me a moment to look at it, but why don't you give me money now? Because if I do solve the problem, it'll be worth a lot. It goes against the way in which real estate works, which I just told you before is risk averse. So that's something, that language barrier, that way of communicating with each other has to change. And I bet you in 2023, people start working on that messaging because it's still confusing to me. All right. Transaction tech. I already spoke about it. If transactions are down, transaction tech is down. Who's transaction tech? 
all the big names that we know of, the Zillow, the Redfins, Compasses, they're going to get rocked in 2023 because if transactions are down, that's how they get paid. Everyone was focusing on the transaction, and you saw a lot of technologies entering that space. Title insurance company, Doma, getting rocked. Now, I think they're fascinating. I think they're smart. I think that they are hit the ball out of the park by understanding the transaction. It's just they raised money for these massive valuations where they've got to keep growing so fast. And the second that there's a problem, now you think like, oh, you see, here's another example how tech didn't work. But the bottom line is they're making money. They have the revenue. They're going to be able to exist. They just have to cut expenses so fast. So we definitely got to pay attention to transaction technology in the future. You're just going to hear all about in 2023 how they're getting rocked because transaction Transactions overall are just down. Transactions are down. All right? Think I buying mortgage companies, better, domas, you know. Owning the transaction was hot. Interest rates went up. Not so much anymore. Now, what are some bright spots? What's that? 2023. Now, these are some top trends. And then we'll get into like my secret sauce. Top trends. EV. EV charging stations. What you don't know and what a lot of people don't realize is they're all using different technologies. We see it all the time also in multifamily operating systems and commercial operating systems, tenant-first operating systems. We're not speaking the same language in technology. We call it the gauge issue. Maybe I made that up. Whatever, I'm going with it. The gauge issue. Now, what does that mean? Back in the day in the Industrial Revolution, what I didn't know is trains used to run on different gauges. Let's say it was 18 inches between you know, each wheel or 22 inches. So if you went from Philly to New York, you'd be on one train. And then if you were going from New York to then Boston, you'd have to take all your cargo off, put it onto a different train track because the, 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 tra- the owner of those tracks had a different gauge and keep moving on. You were like, wow. I think the federal government stepped in and said, we have one way of doing it. We have one um, you know, regulation. It should be this amount of width of the, ga- of the gauge of the train tracks, and boom, now you have the American system. Right now, you could have a camera using this tech. You could have a camera using that tech. You can have access control using this tech. There's no standardization. So maybe 2023, people start to realize we should standardize this because then we could build a lot faster. So maybe that's what's a huge trend in 2023. What else? Oh, so I was saying, so the electrical vehicle charging stations. I didn't know, but like Rivian, Rivian? Is Rivian? Rivian? Tesla, you know, like my uh, moped, some electric vehicles. They're still using different bits like Apple was until in Europe rocked them and told them they got to use all the same type of charging. That's the same thing. You need different charging stations for different vehicles everywhere. So I think one of two things, I think two things are going to happen. Hopefully that gets all, you know, comes down to the same regulation. And number two, you're going to see charging stations pop off across the United States. In addition to the buildings that we're building, I haven't built a building in the last few years that didn't have charging stations. And it's just, I put them in for a Tesla. I just found out I need to get adapters for everything because if anyone else has any other type of electric vehicle, it doesn't work. So that's a couple of things that I think are going to go down. Next, I did this podcast with this guy, Amal Sarwa, my homeboy, used to own Notel. He now is a venture capital fund, and he's focusing on ESG, environmental social governance. I think that that's going to be huge in 2023. In New York City, we got this local law 97, which is saying net carbon zero, right? We need to reduce carbonization in buildings. But the first thing is, how do you track that information? How do you have sensors to do just that? 
So I think there'll be a ton of technology in trying to reduce that footprint into the buildings that we build in the built environment in 2023. Look for concrete companies, glass companies, mechanical companies, and a lot of companies are going to pay attention to that technology. Which also leads me to multifamily sensors and sensors in general. If you could pick up data about all your buildings and you can learn about it, you can adapt. It makes something that's stagnant like a building actually able to duck and move and have some dexterity. I think that sensors will also do that in 2033. So those are some of the bright spots I see and some of the changes that I'm seeing in that tech sector, right? So I got my notes, by the way. You know I don't like notes. You know I like to come off authentic. But all these topics, I want to be somewhat accurate and give you some information and make sure I follow some type of paradigm. Otherwise, I'll just keep ranting on and on and on and on and on, and you won't learn anything. So let's talk about real estate trends and opportunities. So as we said before, people are getting rocked right now. Anything you developed or built or you owned, right? You got legislation against you. You got that you finished whatever your business plan was. And at the end of the day, there isn't the debt to refinance. What are you supposed to do? So first and foremost, I call that merchant development, right? I'm a merchant developer. I went into it. I underwrote the building, right? It's not like I've owned the land since 1920. And I'm like, you know what? I got a tenant and I'm building for a specific use, right? I'm taking a risk. I'm underwriting a deal. I'm making estimates of cost on the land, on the hard cost, the construction cost, and on the soft costs and on the financing. I don't go into it and say, hey, I'm going to start this project and the rate for the loan is going to be 4%. Then I finish the project and the rate for the loan is going to be 6.5%. That's basically what has happened to a lot of people. Or you bought the multifamily property or the office building, and you got a loan for five, seven, or 10 years at 4% money. When you go back to the market, it's now 6% money. Have you increased rent so much that it could actually cover that? Well, if you were in hotel, you didn't. If you were in office, you didn't. If you were in retail, you didn't. If you were in resi, maybe you did. And all that means is now you can refinance and stabilize the asset and keep it. Doesn't mean you're making money. But that's what merchant development and also sort of merchant real estate is, is speculating on a future. So now all of those people are now, those loans are coming due. So what do you do? What are you supposed to do? Well, that might be a business, right? So I started this real estate company called Annex Real Estate Partners. What Annex Real Estate Partners is doing is combining some technology with these opportunities. So what have we decided? How do we, learning and meeting all of these technologists, actually implement what they're doing to increase ROI in real estate? What's the secret sauce? Well, what about if I told you I could actually find on the market these guys that are actually these merchant builders and developers and others that are having trouble before they even know they're having trouble. Well, that's not me. I think Ray Dalio did it. I think every hedge fund does it. They create an algorithm in order to scrape data to come up with business intelligence and conclusions. I'm like, well, we could do that. So one opportunity out there is finding this kind of stuff and being the capital, Johnny on the spot when they need it. Helping them refinance, helping them stabilize, restructuring the deal so that they can keep it. That could be an amazing business into 2023. I know I'm on it. Let's see what we could do. What else is there? Casinos in New York City. Literally, NYC is trying to figure out how to increase its revenue. So let's go back. We said about the hybrid workspace. 
Who gets impacted by the hybrid workspace? Well, where there's major offices, lower Manhattan, midtown Manhattan. Do you think that that impacts not only the private owner? What about New York City as a whole? If we're not riding the train, but we're taking a hit that the, the train ridership is down, that means tax revenue is down. That means these neighborhoods and our infrastructure is down. That's going to impact the way in which our services, our social services, keeping, this, keeping the city clean. What are we supposed to do? Well, one way to change revenue is to bring in a casino. I think that's pretty interesting. But that leads me to another real estate conclusion. There's something called the 15-minute city. What about since you don't have to come into these major hubs every day, local neighborhoods, local entertainment, do they start to increase in revenue? Are the restaurants that got rocked into these small communities that were high density now because people aren't traveling throughout the city all day long, each and every day, do they get a bump? Is that something we should be looking at? I know of this massive fund that I can't remember their name because I didn't write it down. They're buying three to five family you know, homes. This fund's got billions of dollars, but they're picking up $3 million, $5 million. I bet you they're seeing that, you know what? Own the asset around these neighborhoods because that's something that's going to uptick as a result of the hybrid workplace. What other theses are out there? That's what I'm seeing out there. So 2023, for me, in conclusion, there is opportunity, but there's also a lot of stress. You can look to technology and pay attention to it to give you a millimeter and a millisecond advantage. But on the flip side, it's not 100% a solution. You're still an entrepreneur. You're still in business. You still got to make it happen. You still got to take risk. But technology might be able to be there to give you that advantage so that we, in the long tail, could start coming after those at the head of the comet. So, that's my solo episode number two for you. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you heard a bunch of theses out there. I know I'm attacking them, remember, because this isn't the full-time thing. We out on these streets making it happen. So like I said, Annex Ventures, Annex Real Estate Partners, Real Tech Talk, you better like and subscribe. Pay attention to what I'm doing because I will show you. I'm not just talking about it. I'm going to be about it. I'm going to show you how we're creating case studies where technology is increasing ROI in the greatest city in America, NYC, and we're actually putting it together. So not only do you get to listen to me rant about these technologists and what they're doing, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, take that risk, and prove to you how it actually happened. And by the time you're listening and figuring out, then hopefully, then you too can be inspired in the other cities across America. So come on through. I think this is episode number 13. 18. Damn, I was wrong. That was Big Mike in the background. We've done 18 episodes. Earlier I said 13. Well, I was wrong. That's high. That's a lucky number. So 18 episodes, guys. This is a lucky number 18. And by the way, we got another sponsor coming, as I was saying. We got big things coming, people. We keep blowing up and growing. Are you paying attention? Like and follow. Talk to you soon, players. Peace. Welcome back, Real Tech Talk, people. Can I tell you something? Some of you guys are on YouTube. Some of you on Spotify. Some of you on uh, Apple, looking at my ish. What about Insta? E underscore B-R-O-D-Y. E underscore Brody. Follow me on Insta. By the way, you see how I laid that out? That way, my production team can write E 
underscore B-R-O-D-Y at Instagram. Bam! In addition, at Real Tech Talk, we are on social. We keep posting. This isn't just a show that comes on every week. We got stuff interludes, other-ish. We got TikToks. We got social. We also have another show on The Real Deal. Guys, we are setting the narrative. Are you paying attention to the narrative? Let me tell you what you're hearing. If there's a comment, okay, the head of the comment, all the big companies setting the narrative, all the big companies talking about the theory of how they're changing real estate when we know the damn thing hasn't changed in hundreds of years. But those of us in the long tail, the rest of that comment, we're the ones who have to innovate. We're the ones who are on the streets seeing the change. So you need to like and subscribe to get the inf inf information and perspective from everybody else instead of the big companies setting the narrative. Why do we let them set the narrative? We need to set the narrative. We're on the streets seeing what we need every day. They're up in their towers, and I'm serious. There's nothing wrong with it. They got the 50, 60, 70, 80-story buildings, but they're not walking the street every day. You and I are. We need to set the narrative. Let's get into the long tail. Pay attention to the rest of the stuff I'm talking about. Check the social. Hit the like and subscribe on YouTube. Let's create this network. Let's create this system that changes what they see. Let's make them pay attention to what we're seeing because it's us that's innovating. We're forced to innovate. We're not like them. We're not dinosaurs. We don't have all the money already. We need to innovate in order to create, in order to penetrate what they're doing and take them out. It's time for the revolution in prop tech and real estate. So come on through.